all the people I knew were progressing in life, which is why I, I was saying like, you know, earlier on that I don't have enjoyment in life because I can't see it. I see. Um, but this year I took the first step and I'm now seeing a counselor to help with that. So. Hello, Gladys here and welcome to the knuckleball podcast where each episode I'll sit down with a stranger or a friend and we'll get to know each other. No scripts, no nothing. Just two people having a free-flowing conversation with no agenda. Yeah, I I feel like we don't really do that enough and and um it's it's nice, you know, to put your phone away and just be there with someone. This podcast is cozy, it's light, and not going to lie, sometimes it does get heavy and it can get introspective but most importantly it's human and you know i think one of my friends once told me that it's almost as if it feels like having two friends in your ears and i think that is a really neat way to describe this podcast so there you go Thank you for giving this podcast a chance. I really hope that it brings a little bit of joy to your day and and makes your day a little bit better. If it does, please leave a nice rating and review. It'll really help the show. And I would love to hear from you. So please send me a DM uh, on Instagram at knuckleballpodcast or send me an email at theknuckleballpodcast at gmail.com. The knuckleball podcast <laughs> all right that's it on to the episode bye-bye hey how's it going um, not too bad. A bit tired, but you know, it's almost five AM here. I know. I was about to say, why are you up at five in the morning? Uh well, I had the flu about three weeks ago. Is it COVID? Uh no, no. Uh because of because co- COVID was so dominant, we didn't have a flu season for two years. <laughs> okay. So it just completely no one really took over. Yeah, and I got the flu, and I already have some health issues, so didn't really go too well. I was sick for about two weeks, and yeah, my pattern, sleeping pattern's been pretty messed up since. Were you just sleeping in the day, and then by night, it's just... Uh, Mostly, which was to, like, rest, and then after that, it kind of stuck, and now I'm just really exhausted like all the time so i'm sleeping whenever yeah i that that was me when i had covid and like a couple weeks after i'm glad i got the flu and not covid though that's fair um yeah anyway thank you so much for uh doing this with me i know it's it's kind of nerve-wracking in a way and you were you were pretty upfront about it but yeah yeah it's all right I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm okay at one-on-one conversations, better at like face-to-face. I'm just look really weird, like over mic with new people. Like face-to-face, 
and like like a small group of people it's okay but when it gets like a larger group of people i'd rather just hide away or just you know keep to myself i know um yeah i i i'm kind of similar in that way so i don't know if this tmi but a couple weeks ago i had i wouldn't call it like a panic attack but it was kind of just like an overwhelming surge of just nervousness and and anxiety when i was giving like a presentation to a bunch of people at work uh and then that kind of triggered like a couple weeks of oh shit i might have some you know i i think i probably have to get out of my comfort zone and like start talking to people again it was it was just very weird especially doing it over the screen yeah i mean I'd probably fall in the same boat there. Like when I when I went to school, which is a while ago, um, I couldn't do like presentations in front of the class. Oh my God. I requested like to do a one on one with the teacher because I'm quite the overthinker. So I just tend to think of the worst things possible. And then that just makes the whole situation worse. I totally get it. Oh, my God. By the way, this is very random. But do you love dogs? I'm just looking at your profile picture. Oh, the that's dog is- my dog. Yeah. That's adorable. What What's its name? Uh, her name's Bella, and she's uh, 15 years old. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's, wow. I, I don't even think, so I, I previously had two dogs, and I don't even think they lived that long. To be Most honest. of the dogs I've had have lived over 15. Wow. You guys must be really good owners. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, we don't really do much there. I don't know. Bella gives us quite a lot of sass. She a lot she's of sass. Like, yeah, she thinks she's like the top dog. Oh but my she's God. so small. She's so still, like, I was going to say she's so tiny, at least from yeah. the picture. Yeah, she, she tends to think she's a lot bigger than she is. And then obviously <laughs> when she comes into you know contact with a bigger dog, it's she finally gets to see that she's actually really small. Oh, my God. I, I kind of wish I had that kind of personality. I feel like dogs usually take the personality of their owners. Is there anybody in your family that's like like that? Um, probably my sister, but they don't really interact that much. My sister has her own dog. So, yeah, there's no one else that's really in the family that acts tough, but, you know, re- realistically is a lot shyer. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure where Bella even picked it up. <laughs> did, did you adopt her? um kind of when we got her it was like i think my mom got her because it was around the time my parents divorced so it was mm. kind of like a you know men like a therapy dog yeah kind of um but obviously dogs are expensive and going through a divorce at the same time um wasn't exactly easy to find a cheap dog but we managed to get bella for like 300 um That's yeah, she it? had a sister yeah she oh, had a sister shit. but uh-huh. You couldn't get both so oh no yeah you know when i when i adopted my dog uh which was like ages ago i'm i'm 26 we're we're about the same age but uh, i think they passed away when i was a lot younger um we only wanted to adopt one dog but then we really didn't want to separate um not not they like they weren't a family but they were like almost like siblings like best yeah. friends and so we were like fuck it let's just get the chihuahua and the pomeranian and it was the best decision ever um i just feel like it's a little heartbreaking when you break up you know to 
Yeah, well, I mean, Family when we got Bella, she was, you know, she was like a baby burrito. She was so small, like you could oh. hold her in your hand. So it's not really like there was a connection made between her and her sister yet. Yeah. It was more the family just couldn't look after the new, you know, um, pops as well as the mom. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like, do you feel like Bella teaches you some stuff? Cause I feel like when I had dogs, I, by the way, I'm from Singapore. I'm currently in the US now, but uh, I felt like having dogs was like the best thing that ever happened. Cause they teach you a lot about like patience and responsibility and just like, um, they really ground you because they remind you that you're not all that. <laughs> yeah. Although I don't know. So I have three dogs. Oh wow. Are they are they like different sizes or oh yeah. yeah. We got one okay. we got one that we call a horse because he's massive. Horse? Yeah. Okay. Um and he's like a big baby. Like he like cries and whines all the time. Oh my god. And it's very like I've never like seen a dog to do what he does. Like he does it like he grew up with cats on a farm. Oh. So instead of like acting like a dog, he like swipes like a cat. It's very weird. <laughs> and I've body... actually never seen a dog act like a cat, but I have seen cats act like dogs. Like yeah. fetch and stuff. I think I was asleep when when my mom brought him over and it scared the shit out of me. Because oh I wasn't expecting to be so big. Like I'm like six foot and he was like halfway up to me. And I was like, you know, I'm not used to this because the other two dogs are like below my knees. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, he's weird. Like, I think, I think unfortunately he was beaten, um, mm. by the previous owner and he's, he's very like scared around men. So only it's hard men? to like, yeah. Oh yeah. So it's hard to kind of like show him that we're not the same. And he mm. tends to cry and whine when like my sister or mom like leave. So he's still trying to adjust. We've had him for like maybe a month now. So he's still trying to adjust, but he's only like one years old. So um, he's, he's starting to get time. friendly. Yeah. 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 But um, he tends to like associate with certain things. So the previous owner was bald and my uncle's bald. So oh, no. he's very scared of my uncle. Whereas yeah. sometimes he'll be okay with me because I have long hair like my mom. So he'll sometimes be okay towards me and other times very afraid. So I think it really depends. Um, it doesn't seem like he had a lot of training. Whereas our other two dogs, we didn't really train them, but they were just super chill to begin with. So it wasn't like we had to do too much with him. It's like you kind of have to fall into babying him a little bit, but also pushing him to get out of that like baby mode as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other two, you know, welcomed him pretty quickly. Like they were super friendly. Bella, you know, stood her ground, but again, Bella, you know, so small compared to him. Like he'd literally just probably whack her across the room if he wanted to. Oh my god. So you know. <laughs> um. But yeah, he's very, he's unaware of his surroundings though as well. Um, but he's okay. It, he's I getting, mean, it takes time better. to adapt. And, yeah. Um, you know, just Ryan, just like hearing you talk about your dogs, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you're a very gentle, like, person. Um, and just 
just very patient. I don't know. I I I, I can't uh, see your face, but I I get that sense from your voice. Probably like in person. Yeah. I'm a gamer, so I can get pretty <laughs> impatient, especially with people that I play games with. Do you, do you um, have a well? What do you call that? Like, what's the equivalent of like road rage, but like ga- gaming rage? Uh, people just call it like raging, 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 rage quitting, stuff like that. <laughs> um, no, not really. I can't it's, it's imagine you like, angry. Uh, it's more just frustrated, not, not necessarily yeah. angry. You know, it's like you're trying to like help someone or teach someone and they just can't get it no matter how many times you tell them and it just builds up on top of it. And like I've like the person I'm talking about, I've known for like 10 years. So it gets to that point where it's like, it's like, come on, man, like I know you, you know, you, know, you can do this. And he just keeps failing and it's the, the build up of him constantly failing. And then then the blame goes on me for being a bad teacher. And it's, it's just a cycle. <laughs> But it's like friendly rage. It's not like, you know. Right. Like nobody gets offended. Yeah. Yeah. That That's really interesting. I feel like I've, yeah, I'm, I've never been, what's the word? Like I've never been immersed into gaming culture, but I feel like you guys, I mean, I mean it is mostly guys. I hate the stereotype. Um, that's fair. But, uh, but you guys have a, a really, you guys have that skill of like compartmentalizing a lot of your rage and I, I guess just like emotions in general. And I wish I had some of that because you guys can like rage and then and then the second you're off the computer, you're like, OK, you know, it's like time for lunch. or yeah. something. it's the same with like if I was playing a game which was, you know, hop into it. It's like a 5v5 situation. Yeah. We lose. I'm like. You know, I know why we lost. I try to blame the person we lost like for the reason we lost. And then we leave the game and then we queue up for another one. The next <laughs> game, I'm like, okay, let's play. Like, I'm so like You're very good at like over. getting over. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's in the moment because it's like, that's what happened. It was in the moment. It doesn't need to carry on because the next game is a different game. So, wow. you know, you don't need to bring that on to the next game. Unless yeah. the other person is, then that's a bit different. But that doesn't really happen until, you know, you've lost a few times in a row. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny because I'm just thinking back to what you were saying earlier about like how you're an overthinker mm. and it's just completely different from how you game. I feel like you oh, yeah. two, two different it's personalities, like, which is weird. Like, you know. It, yeah, I mean, well, I, I still overthink a lot in games, but it's more to benefit myself. Whereas like in real life, it's like a super like big negative on my life because mm. like my overthinking is like very drastically like there's so many different like connections that like link up and it's all just negative there's no positive so when i'm gaming it's like the complete opposite like every single connection is like super positive in the way that i can win or achieve something and i don't know how to like separate them and then and then also combine them so that i have positive and negative in both because sometimes like i never see the negative in in the gaming so I don't expect it because I'm not overthinking about it. It's very confusing, but like, that's just how I think. Wow. I, I feel like that's kind of how I am when it's like, when it comes to hobbies. For, like, for example, doing this podcasting thing, I'm just like, I'm very okay with, I guess, quote unquote, like being rejected. Well, actually, there's not a lot of rejection in doing my podcast because, you know, the, the most is like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't want to do it. Um, 
But say like, say like this conversation, not that it's going badly, but like if a conversation was super awkward and just like not good, not a good vibe, I'm like, okay with having that and just going through that. But then when I have something like, like a bad presentation at work, it just like, it haunts me. And I, I don't know, I just wish I had more of the, the personality that I have when I'm doing my hobbies, like you with gaming. Um, and bring yeah. it over to my real life. Yeah, I think for me, it mostly comes down to, I guess, having an enjoyment in the gaming. Whereas like, mm. I don't know, this podcast would be very long if I was to go into detail to why I don't find enjoyment in life. It'd can we go into that, please? <laughs> we can, if you want to. I don't um, know if you've seen my episodes. I know you kind of... Uh, explored a little bit bit. Uh, but most of my conversations I'm doing a better job keeping it to about an hour hour and a half but Ryan let me tell you when I first started this it was like three hours long and and then people were like you need to cut down the time of of your conversations because it's too freaking long I think that really depends on the audience yeah no that, that is totally true like uh I don't know for you, but my attention span is pretty long. Um, I can follow a conversation that goes up to like two, two and a half hours. But like, I don't know, it's just people. I've, I've been kind of doing a, a survey amongst my friends and they're all just like, yeah, you know, 40 minutes. That's it. Mm. <laughs> I don't want anything longer than that. Yeah, I mean, I, I can kind of understand that. Like, yeah, if I'm like for this situation, I could talk for hours, but listening back to it, I'd be like, nah, it's too long. So it's it's more boring. Nobody wants to hear the details. Yeah. Yeah. It's more like background, like you have it on in the background Mm -hmm. rather than sitting there actually listening to it. Yeah. It's um, it's good background. But anyway, go on. Sorry. I I I was was just going to say, yeah, we can go into it if you want to. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like it's 530 in the morning for you or anything like that. (laughs) Almost. um all right well so when i was 13 i got really sick and just randomly uh kind of so like when i was in uh so i I don't know all the differences in terms of like what you would call it like for school but we call it grade six which is like when you're 12 years old it's like before you move into high school and when I, when I was in grade six, uh, so I was born with one kidney and I had to go to my, my kidney doctor, can't think of what they're called. Um, and yeah, everything was okay. Everything's healthy. Nothing was wrong, but he told me I had to quit contact sports. And in Australia, we have something called AFL, which is basically like, you know, massive. It's like one of the biggest sports like in the world, but only Australia knows about it kind of thing. Is that like, australian football league yeah oh okay is it the one you throw you know it's like rugby it's got like a combination of like rugby um soccer handball there's there's a whole lot of like different sports in it but it was made before all of them (laughs) so yeah it's a lot older than what people think yeah um but yeah like when you're growing up mostly depending on what state you're in like if you're in sydney or queensland you'll probably follow the nrl which is more like rugby um but the rest of the states are like afl mainly 
Um, so yeah, I, I grew up in a state that you know focused around AFL, and I loved it. It was basically my life before I started gaming. And then I got told by the doctor I have to quit because kids at that age are too dangerous to be around, and one knock could kill me basically. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, because yeah. like it's a context for the injury rates yeah. super high. Mm-hmm. I I could wear like a, a brace. But kids are not thinking about like making sure they're being safe. They're thinking about getting the ball. Right. So my doctor was like, yeah, you're going to have to quit. And, you know, that, you know, broke me because it was like, that was like my life. So I had to tell my team. I had to tell the school team. And then I had to tell my dad. And he was the one who like brought me into the footy. So it was kind of difficult. And then I started high school and obviously moving away from having a sport that I really enjoyed to going to high school and having nothing, I kind of like started fresh. So obviously that already begun with going to high school. It's a whole different world compared to primary school. And yeah, I started getting sick. At first I thought maybe it was like stress because stress can really fuck you up. Yeah. And um, I was telling my mom and I started missing like a few days of school that became a few weeks of school. And then I started seeing a doctor. Nothing really showed up. So this is when it all started. So I was 13. And then my dad started like questioning it. And it started becoming like, why are you faking it? Because the doctors couldn't find anything wrong. And then it didn't, didn't really change much every year. So year seven, year eight, I started missing more school. Then year eight, I missed like... 40, 50 days. So oh, it got pretty wow. bad. Um, and then year yeah. nine is where it blew up. That's if, where it went you don't, really bad. If you don't mind me asking, I don't know if you're comfortable sharing this, but like um, did that, I'm sure like that would have changed your dynamic with your dad a, at least a little bit. Like yeah. did it build yeah. like resentment and stuff? Some, uh, not really. It was more, so my dad was always kind of like strict. Um, like around everything but like when it came to like schoolwork he was like really strict like he would set like a you know if you don't get 70% on a test that's not a pass to me even though that's what would be considered a pass for school yeah he's like a perfectionist yeah but like he put that on all all of my siblings as well whereas like every kid's different everyone's going to learn at a different pace and learn you know differently to everyone so putting like an expectation on everyone that is the same expectation isn't going to work yeah and yeah so like that obviously got to me because it's like i'm stressing about that i don't feel well but no one believes me and it's just you know it was a big mess but like i I also wasn't someone that would speak about it back then i was very different i was very closed off around everyone even like the people i'd known for years so when i when i when i got to year nine i i think i was sick i think i had like a cold or all the flu and um, I, I went to the doctors and I got some medicine. And the first time I took them, I didn't feel like really good at all. Like I had a really bad reaction. I told my mom, but she thought I was just faking it again to get out of school, which is fair enough because it's like two years of like missing so much school. You know, I can see where they're coming from. But also at the same time, it's like, I'm not faking this. So she made me take him again. And. And I had a really bad allergic reaction to it. My chest started like oh, racing. I threw up. I punched a hole in the wall. 
the ambulance came. I went to the hospital. I had multiple tests done over three days, like MRI, a fucking ultrasound. Like yeah. I had 20 different blood tests. Like my arms were bruised. Jesus. Like, they, and is it the fact that like, when you say, and I know you keep saying like, oh, you weren't feeling very well, but it was because like the symptoms weren't visible and that's why they yeah. were like, yeah. you're faking it. Yeah, okay. I, I don't I don't look sick. Um, yeah, you just so feel yeah. like you can't concentrate and, you know. Yeah, so then, yeah, I think I was in the hospital for about three days. And then on the last set of blood tests I did, they found something that wasn't meant to be there. And I think it was maybe two months after that, maybe three, I had an appointment with a rheumatologist. So it turns out I had an autoimmune disease. So the re- uh, I'm still baffled to why they didn't decide to look into that to begin with because my dad has one and oh it can be passed God. down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it was a bit odd. Um, but yeah, so I think it took them about three months to finally figure out which one it was as they're very hard to diagnose. And then, yeah, they were like, okay, so you have lupus. You have Sjogren's syndrome and fibromyalgia. <laughs> Wait, and I, was I know like, two of those. I don't know the the second one. Yeah, so the second one is is one that can appear if you have lupus. It's nothing majorly serious. It's like dry mouth, dry eyes. You yeah. can have like you know extra joint pain, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I had no idea what they were. I'd never heard of them before, which is why it gets like really hard to like explain it to people, especially new people. Because they're always like, oh, what's that? And it's like, oh, here we go again. Not that I have I'm an issue talking about I'm pretty sure you had to it. explain that like two million oh, times. It was bad. Like yeah. every person that I would like talk to would always be like, you know, I don't know anything about that. And I'd have to like explain it. So I, I basically got to a point where if I was talking to someone online and they wanted to know, I already had like something I could copy paste. Because <laughs> it, was, it was just easier to do oh than having God. to retype it every time. Right. Um, yeah. do, do you feel like, I mean, you know, not only are you actually going through the whole thing but like you had to justify in a way the 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 disease and like the process of it yeah a little bit yeah yeah i think i think the the, the biggest like feeling i got from it was the relief knowing that i had something right because i, yeah. had, I had three years of like no answers constantly being told that i was faking it i mean i even like I still can't believe my school got away with this, but I was even put on a school refusal list at school. And it was like posted up in like the main office of like the list of where you were and how many days you'd missed. And like, I don't know why that was done. Um, I got forced to see a, a school psychologist because I thought I was being bullied. And it basically got to the point where I just lied about being bullied because I couldn't, I couldn't get out of school for any other reason. And like, right. I couldn't go to school feeling sick because then I just want to go home. And everything else is piled on. I had the stress from my dad wanting good grades. And I was, it just got to the point where it was too much. So when I was 16, I dropped out because yeah. I just couldn't handle everything that was going on on top of everything else that I was feeling to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't gotten to the point where I felt comfortable like talking about not only, you know, what I was going through when it came to those diseases, but also mental health. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's a lot because, like, 
you're not really prepared. It was kind of just thrown in my face, even though I was happy that I had answers and, you know, the people around me could actually see that there was something wrong. It was kind of like, well, shit, you know, what do I do now? Because, like, school is not going to work and I don't know where I'm going to be able to go with life. Like, even working would be too hard. So there was a lot to, like, consider and I just kept it all bottled up. So did you, it was... Did uh, your parents ever, like, you know, after that, there was, like, proper diagnosis did your parents ever apologized in any way or were they just like oh. um my mom did okay my dad not so much yeah not necessarily because i think it was more because he kind of understood because he had a, had one himself but he was also like he was a very different person during that time whereas like now he's a lot more understanding a lot more there for me Whereas before it was very cold, but I wasn't, I wasn't really sure. I'm still not really sure if that's to do with like the whole divorce and things because of how that played out. So I, I can't really like hold anyone like, you know, against the way they acted because no one had answers. I didn't even have answers. Like my doctors didn't have answers. Yeah. You know, it took a, it took an allergic reaction that, you know, for all we know could have been a really bad one and killed me. Like there's no, way of knowing you know if they would have ever got answers if that was the case yeah so and, you know, and, and you having the answers and... mm-hmm. sorry keep going oh no, it's all right you can go oh no I, I was just curious because you said that your dad also has that is it like a gene or something yeah so it can yeah. be passed down it's a chance i see yeah. but but then he um, never had any reactions to it it was just kind of dormant in him well, the weird thing is he's the first person on his side of the family to ever have one. So we didn't know it could be passed down, but they never looked into it as a possibility, even though they knew he had it. So like right. you would think that they would know, but we had no idea. I um, okay. But he never like went through the phase of like feeling like crap, not understanding what it was. Um, like yeah. Did. So like, when myself and one of my brothers uh, were born, he had a, a really bad, like, two-week period of just being super unwell. Mm, yeah. Thankfully for him, he has, like, medicine that can, like, actually treat it. And he's now off the medicine and never has to have the medicine again. Yeah. Um, he has, like, certain things he can and can't eat. Um, whereas, like, mine's a lot more complicated. There is no fix. There is no real treatment, like... The treatment stabilizes it, but like it kind of does it that itself anyway. Like, right, realistically, it'll always be there. Yeah, I'm just constantly like, you know, walking around as if I look normal, but on the inside, my body is attacking not only the you know bad cells but the healthy cells, and it's you know you can't really show that to someone, and then it's hard to, I guess, explain that like I am sick. I just don't look sick. I mean, you know, if I could like give an analogy, it almost sounds like you have a ticking time bomb in you. Yeah, but That's I just can waiting to yeah. Well, I mean, thankfully, I don't have the worst kind. Um, so the worst kind is like organ issues. It's right. uh, what Selena Gomez has. She has lupus. Yeah. Um, and she had a, she had a kid kidney transplant like a few years ago. Um, but I, I don't have to worry about that, thankfully, because lupus targets kidneys first, and I only have one, so right, <laughs> that wouldn't go too well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. After I dropped out of school, things were easier stress-wise. And then I got a bit older and I started like thinking about like life 
you know, where, where am I going to be able to go in life considering everything? And it was kind of just, I don't see anything. And I think between like the age of 16 and maybe 22, I kind of just fell into a void of like, I don't think I can live where I'm at unless I get help, but I wasn't ready to speak up yet. So yeah, I've kind of just been stuck in a void with like emptiness. I don't necessarily feel happy. I don't feel sad. I don't, I just don't feel anything. It's and just that kind of almost like I'm just there in between. Yeah. 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 And w- what do you mean by like, um, you can't, you can't really stay where you are. Is it because are you're in a city or something and can't really uh, like jobs that are common there you can't really get on those and- jobs i don't know like i think I, I like to think i'm a capable person it's yeah. more like so the diseases i have are very unpredictable they have these things called flare-ups which yeah. is basically like you know like the diseases themselves intensifying to the point where like all you want to do is sleep but there's also like so right now i don't feel overly sick i am in pain um it's not like you know major pain it's just noticeable it's like i'm dealing with it as i normally do um but when i wake up tomorrow i could have a cold or right, it just know, hits you like it just hits me i don't know yeah. it's gonna happen and the way i see it is like if I was someone that was looking to hire someone, you know, for a job, I wouldn't necessarily want to take someone that is going to have an unpredictable, you know, life because they're not going to be able to always show up and you want to have someone that can show up. And even if I was doing part-time, the amount of times I'd probably have to call and be like, you know, I'm sick, I'm sick yeah. again, you know, and I could miss a week or two, at, at, you know, and then it's like, I would be fine with them firing me, but then I'd have to find another job. And it gets right. to a point where so it's, it's like, like a cycle of yeah, it's like, where do instability. I fit in? Mm-hmm. You know, and then, so in Australia, there's like, we have a, like a, a scheme to like help people in terms of like looking for jobs. So like they can get paid while looking for jobs or paid while studying so that they have money for, you know, said things or just, you know, overall living. There's also like a pension, which is, you know, for disability or for, you know, elderly people. So I've applied for the pension three times and failed each time because they always wanted more information and I would give them the more information. And it's like, that's a cycle as well. But the problem is there's no in between. So I'm sitting on the job seeking one, but I can't work, but I don't have enough of a disability according to them for me to get it, but there's no in between, but they've also given me a portion of the disability payment, but you can only get that if you qualify for the disability pension. So I shouldn't even have that payment. It's a load of shit. <laughs> it's just shit. A, it's so, a big joke. I mean, you know, just just like the fact that you say like you're not disabled enough. Yeah. I'm just like, what the f- like? Oh my yeah. god. Okay. But the problem is, it also depends on the person you get. So I went on to uh, the Reddit like for lupus. Yeah. And I, there was a guy there talking about it. How he has lupus. He's in Australia. And he was able to get on the pension first go for just lupus. And I'm sitting here, like, I got lupus, I got Shrogan's, I got Firebird, but I can't get on it. Right. And it's like, it's like and a he matter was like, of like a lottery system almost. Yeah. Like a lot of the people you get can be like super helpful or they're just 
don't care. They're just there to get their money because that's all they want to you know care about. Like I've, I, when when you apply for it, you have to go and see someone that works there that like falls under like a government doctor, and they kind of like ask you a series of questions, and they're like, you know, how does this you know affect you? How does this affect you? You know, what do you have and all that? And you tell them everything, and then based on their own assumption, without even experiencing what you experience day to day, they can be like, nah, not that person. But then it's like you could get the really good person and they could be like, oh, yeah, totally. You can have it. So it's like complete bullshit. But there's like no in between and no area where I could be like, you know, maybe I could do that or that. But then, no, I can't. You know, or I could do that. No, I can't. It's There's no winning, which like affected me pretty badly, especially like when I was, you know, going from like not in high school anymore to entering like the 20s because I was like, you know. All You're the just people like that I stuck knew in a limbo, yeah. Yeah, all the people I knew were progressing in life, which is why I, I was saying like you know earlier on that I don't have enjoyment in life because I can't see it. I see. Um, but this year I took the first step and I'm now seeing a counselor to help with that. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so I've I'm only seen her twice, you. but yeah. best thing I've ever done, hundred percent. Wow. It's, and and when you say counselor, you mean kind of sort of like therapy to help you yeah. so come it's up with ways diff- to cope with things? Yeah, it's different to like how a psychologist would work. Like they would diagnose you, give you medicine and kind of just push you to the side. Whereas right. like a counselor takes a more personal and kind of like interested like side into you. They want to hear about you. They want to know more about you. They want to get to know you, but in a professional way. So it's like you're not friends, but it feels like you're talking to someone you can trust. Whereas like wow. a psychologist is more about like the medicines kind of side of things. It's like the there's almost was... like an incentive to push you to take meds. Yeah. You don't right. like feel like you're getting the proper help. And I've, I've had three psychologists before this counselor. And as soon as I spoke to her for the first like one hour session, I was like, why did I never go for a counselor? To with? <laughs> like this person, like, I don't even know the person. They barely know me, but I feel like I could tell them anything. And it feels like something's actually being done and it feels like a relief rather than I'm being judged and given medicine to fix something that like I'm going through. Wow. If that makes sense. No, yeah, no, that, to- that totally makes sense. It's just funny because recently I've been talking with friends and, you know, some of them, I think is you know, because of the pandemic and stuff, some of them decided to go for therapy. Um, and I'm not too sure if it's kind of a similar concept to a counselor equivalent in, in Australia. But like, yeah, they're they're just getting a, a whole lot of help in terms of like holistic help, you know, and mm. like how to be how to independently cope with the mental stress that is going on in their lives, you know, rather than just like you said, having the medicine just write off all of their problems. Yeah. Um. Wow. That that's really awesome. I'm I'm super happy for you. But I, I'm curious in terms of like how did you was there like a turning point was there like a a, something that happened that made you think like oh i should probably finally reach out to professional help yeah when i dropped out of school i kind of like forced myself to become a homebody because you know i didn't i didn't necessarily have a lot of friends in high school because i missed so much school so like building like a friendship wasn't going to work anyway um so yeah, I was basically isolating before isolating was even needed. 
like when you know when COVID came around, I was like, I'm used to this, so you know, I don't need to really worry about you know being locked down or having to stay indoors because it was kind of sort my life had been you know for so many years before it. Yeah, and it was just like more of the same. Yeah, so my my family struggled because a lot of them were used to like going out or working. So yeah, and have, I, I live with you know uh what seven other people. Oh wow, seven. Yeah, so there's a lot of us in the house, especially when we had to isolate. Whoa, is it, wait, your sister, I mean, your siblings? And yeah, so I've got three siblings. Parents? Right. Three siblings, my mom, uncle, grandma, and her partner. Was that, like, o- overwhelming for you? Um, Because I imagine, really. like, okay, because I imagine, like, when you're at home all the time, um, most of your family are out doing their own thing. And then yeah. now suddenly it's like all seven of you are just crammed in a in a little space. Yeah, I think I think at first it was kind of like, you know, waking up whatever time I woke up and seeing everyone rather than waking up and only seeing, you know, a certain amount of people was yeah. kind of like, okay, you know, this is a bit annoying. But then eventually <laughs> it kind of became normal anyway. So it wasn't right. too big of a deal. Um, but yeah, so I was I was used to isolating. And then I think it was probably towards the end of like COVID being such a big topic in the world where I kind of started thinking to myself that like when I was younger, I purposely like hid my mental health issues because my siblings had stuff going on and I didn't want to put my mom through more stuff because obviously when I got diagnosed, there was a whole lot of tests that had to be done and she'd already gone through that with me. And I was like, I don't want to take up something like, you know, the time that my siblings would need with her or with my, you know, my parents. So I kind of just didn't bring it up. I let them, you know, get the help they needed. And then it got to a point where I was like, I probably need to speak up, but I'm not at the point where I know how to. And then I was like, just thinking about, you know, I'm 20 something years old. I'm still young, but, you know, my life will probably be similar to this, you know, when I'm 30 years old, but I also want to have my own family, but that requires money, but I don't have money. Like, you know, that I say someone my age probably would have, I don't have like a savings. I don't have a car. I don't even have a phone because I just never needed one. So there was all these things that like other people that were my age would have or so used to having like even just like a social life, I just don't have that. So I've always felt as if I was stuck being like a teenager in the sense that like, you know, I never really got to progress into being an adult, even though right. I am. And I still think that I am, but like, I feel like, like I haven't progressed to that point yet. So I feel like I needed to step into that, like, you know, adulthood and to see it and to understand it better so that I could, you know, make sure that when I am ready for a family or even a relationship that, you know, I was mentally prepared for that rather than going in there with so many issues and bringing that into a relationship or a family. I wanted to be level-headed, understanding of my own mental health and being comfortable talking about it, even with anyone. And I think that's when I was like, okay, I need help. So I took that step with my gp my you know my doctor uh recently and then yeah now i'm seeing a counselor oh my god i'm sorry i'm just 
because I'm 26 and I feel like I don't I mean, you know, you you talk about how you you want to have a certain level of maturity um, in terms of like your mental health and also being able to accept the reality that you're in. Yeah. And it's so funny because, you know, when I think to the people around me and just just people in our generation, I mean, a lot of them have all of the things that you quote unquote, you know, don't have like a phone or social media yeah. or whatever. But like nobody has that level of awareness that you do. Or it it, it like never even crossed their mind that it's important to have that level of awareness. And I, I'm just like blown away, but also really inspired. Um, how did you get to that point? Like, because I mean, I think I'm just assuming, but you know, when I hear about how, like the things that you went through and then, but you still have all of these dreams and goals and stuff. How did you like reconcile your situation versus still have dreams and goals to like be better? You know, I don't know if that makes sense. It does. But it's like, but it's, you know, like even with your current situation, like how did you find the level of a courage? I feel like there's a lot of that. And also just level of awareness to be like, hey, I need to do something about this in order to get to the place where I want to be. And I feel like that that's before you found a counselor, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Was, like, did I... you have any like community? I don't know. Like, I'm sure Reddit, I feel like as I talked to more people, Reddit was a huge source of community for them. Um, uh. I don't know. Reddit's weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, because from the way from like hearing your story, it sounds like you didn't really consult anybody. It just it was all just like ruminating in your head. Yeah. So yeah. I've always been an observer. I'm very good at watching what others do and like not I, I guess it sounds bad in saying it, but like I'm very good at listening to conversations that are said between people not necessarily to know anything or to eavesdrop more just to understand what they have that i could have had i guess so i don't think that's a bad thing by the way i think yeah. I, I i personally really enjoy uh, you know even like podcasts like i really enjoy hearing two people talk about their lives and stuff yeah, yeah. um but yeah I, I kind of always did that and it kind of like even like from a young age, it was kind of the same thing, like especially like with my parents. It was kind of obvious that they weren't like working out, and I could I could see that. Didn't know how to bring it up because like you know I was a kid. I was like you know eight years old. Yeah. So you know, but I could see that they weren't, you know, they weren't clicking. They they just were fighting, and it kind of like gives you the view of like you know, like what, what not, to, not do. to do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like you know. You may not have taught me, you know, everything you could have taught me, but you taught me the things that I shouldn't be doing, which is like something to still take from it, even though what, you know, the reasons I learned that is a negative thing because it, you know, resulted in a divorce. But like, to me, I, I don't really think of it like that. They both ended up meeting people that, you know, made them happier than they already were. So like, I can't really see a negative there. I just take the positive, which was 
I get to benefit from that in the sense of improving my own life when I get to the stage that they were in. I know what they did was bad, so I don't do it. So I pick up on things. I'm like, I've always been like that. Like even in school, like when I did go to school, that is, I would like see what I needed to do for like the schoolwork and just do it. I didn't like question it. I didn't care if it was wrong. I would just do as I did. And then that was it. And I think I kind of have been like that with like everything. So when it came to viewing people that were my age or a little bit younger or a little bit older and seeing like where they were at, how they were progressing, everything they had, everything I didn't have and comparing like, you know, this is where I could be. I started noticing that like certain things that they were holding important to them, I didn't really care for. Like I don't care for having a phone. I don't care if I can drive or not. Like there's so many more ways of like getting the things that they're getting anyway. Like I have a computer. I can, you know, just as well as them, like download something or view the news or, you know, I have access to all that. But I don't really care for it. Like I have a Facebook, but I don't use it. I have an Instagram, but it has pictures of my dog. Like, you know, (laughs) I don't use it for anything major. It's just, I have it. But like, I don't, I don't think of it as like, if I didn't have that, I would be less than another person that did have it. I just see it as like, you know, if you have it, cool, but I don't need what they have. I just want to have what would make me happy. But I'm still trying to figure out what happiness is because I lost it so long ago. So, you know, it's all a build up and started from probably like the age of seven. I, I'm really like, I really appreciate that you somehow managed to avoid falling into that trap that a lot of people our age fall into. Mm. Uh, You know, you, you never, it it, kind of sounds like you would just observe things and then you would make up your own mind about it rather than. Oh yeah. I don't don't know. Society or your family tell you like what to feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't jump on like trends or. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't care for any of that. Like if I saw, if I find something interesting, I find it interesting. If I don't enjoy something that's super popular, I don't enjoy it. I don't need to enjoy something in order to, you know, be important to certain people. If they don't want to accept me for what I enjoy, then why should I need them in my life? Like, you know, if someone enjoys something and I don't have any interest in it, that doesn't mean that, like, I push them away. It's like, cool, that's your thing. You know, tell me about it. Because then it's like, oh, maybe I will find an interest or maybe I won't, but at least I know that's something that you enjoy. And if I see something that relates to that, I can be like, you know, did you see this? Yeah. It's it's, it's like building a, you know, uh, an understanding of each other so that, you know, you can communicate even though you don't share an interest. Because if you're just going to have the same things, it's like, that's all you're ever going to be. If you have right. something different, everyone has their own uniqueness. So, you know, it makes things more interesting rather than just being, you know, boring. Yeah, I mean, it, that kind of made me think, like, why, like, why do so, even I sometimes fall into the trap, like, why do we need to fit in? <laughs> and I feel like that kind of goes back to evolution and kind of, you know, in the past, hmm it was for survival but then now it's like fitting in doesn't really get you anywhere i mean you know apart from feeling like you belong somewhere uh because you could still say it's for survival yeah i guess yeah for for social survival i guess but uh, yeah 
it's I, I it's just it. really interesting because like when I hear your background about how like you are a homebody and you it, it almost like was a shield against everything that I guess quote unquote a normal 25 year old would be exposed to and you just yeah. never was exposed to that and so yeah. you were able you you were given like the freedom to make up your own mind about things rather than constantly having so much uh information like thrown at you telling you like what to do and what what not to do yeah i think even like even when i had started high school i was still like that like because obviously when i started i wasn't missing school straight away but like i was always i guess i felt like the odd one out in the sense that i didn't pick up on things as quickly as others yeah but i i could understand other things like mm-hmm. school was awful like not because i was sick or, you know obviously that was one reason but the other reason was i just couldn't understand why i was being taught these things that i probably won't use but i could I understand other things same, that yeah. took me so much further but right. school didn't care about that so you know I, I felt so like out of place so like when i left i felt like relieved yeah and and you know what's funny is that like i feel like now with the internet you don't really need school. Like most of the things that you want to learn, everything's online and, you know, you're free to explore your curiosity however you want to uh, without, you know, without like a specific set of rules around that. Mm. Um, but anyway, I, I don't know when was the last time someone told you this, but I think you're, you're a really, really cool person. Um, and it's just like a, a breath of fresh air to talk to you because I don't know. It's, it's just um, honestly, I'm, I'm not yeah. used to like compliments and stuff. So okay. probably never. <laughs> so well, no, I'm terrible at taking it too. But I, you know, I'm I feel like it's nice to acknowledge that. Yeah. Mm. Is there anything you want to talk about? I've basically spoke about myself the whole time. No, yeah. I, it's just, really interesting that you talked about this because I'm currently kind of going through something where like it's almost like a constant dull nervousness that is happening in my head because Mm. I feel like I don't fit in into my the the environment that I'm in and I never used to feel that way and so it's it's quite a new uh experience for me and it's just nice to talk to someone like you. I think this is why I, I really enjoy doing this. It's like, it reminds me that, oh, you don't actually have to do the things that you thought you have to do. Mm. Um, yeah, there's always going to be yeah. people that share the same things that you enjoy. Yeah. You know? Like everyone exactly. like grows up, like what you enjoyed with, I guess, I, I assume you're talking about like environment by meeting people right like the people around me I don't know I just feel so out of place and Mm. it's weird because I never used to care about it until more recently um it's probably because you know you're realizing that what was you know normal is not necessarily something you're into anymore it's kind of like the idea that like you know it's like yeah you know, I was around these people and I kind of picked up on what they enjoyed, maybe not necessarily what I was enjoying. 
no, Ryan, like you're totally right. I, I realized that like nobody is interested in the things I'm I'm interested in. And yeah. I think because I was so used to doing things that were like people thought was a little bit weird, but I still found a, a community in that. And then now I'm surrounded by people who are just very um the same. So I'm just like, oh, okay. But then I have to like deal with them. <laughs> So, you know, uh, it, it's just, I don't know, some, something with like camouflaging. Like, I feel like I have to learn to do that. It, yeah. Anyway, just ranting. It's fine. Yeah. It's the whole point, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, you, you said that you've been through like counseling and stuff. Do you, I'm curious, what, what are things that matter to you now? Were there any new, like revelations that you had, like realizations that you had? I think I think the main thing was talking about things isn't a bad thing. I, I feel like I, yeah. I came to that realization before seeing the counselor, but after like seeing her twice and just being able to kind of sit back and let loose everything, even if it was different, jumbled from different, you know, time periods from different ages letting it all out and someone just listening taking down what they thought was you know important to bring up again and not being you know judged for it or ignored it kind of just it was like you know I guess the feeling of being important to myself rather than someone else because I'm yeah. realizing that like what I'm saying is about me and even though I'm telling someone else I'm realizing you know it's not a bad thing even though it makes you feel like a negative way it's more yeah. of a positive thing because you're heading in a direction of becoming a different you but a healthier you so it was more that feeling of like everything kind of just falling off your shoulders and you're being able to like actually feel like you're there. Whereas like I've felt like I was nowhere. Yeah. It yeah, it kind of sounds like you're in the process of knowing yourself. And I feel like part of that is inherently like a little bit scary to oh yeah. You know, like as you talk about things, you're like, oh shit, I actually um like this thing is actually really important to me, but I just never acknowledged it because I was too busy putting other people needs like above my own oh which is okay for a little bit but like when you do it your whole life you're like oh yeah. shit like why am I've, i putting myself in the in the background i've always put people before myself i can tell yeah <laughs> and me too like it's, it's, um i mean yeah. i don't have a problem with it like if someone needs someone to vent to someone is going through something i don't have an issue being that person that they can do that you know with like, that's not an issue. But I guess it got to the point where I was like, I'm telling them some pretty damn good advice and I can't take it myself. Yeah. So I, I felt like it was like, that's you know, I, I need challenge. to like, I need to find someone that can do that for me. Yeah. So, you know, seeing someone and having that like be said to me is like a totally different like experience than being the one that's actually saying it to someone else. Because like, you know, you that's can cool. speak shit from your mouth and, you know, it means the world <laughs> to someone. But right. you know, it doesn't mean shit to you. And then you see someone and they say the same shit to you, and all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> fuck, you know, you're so right. And it's like, even though you just said that like a week ago, 
but it, it's, it's just, just so much self-doubt oh I, yeah yeah um that's a really good point i need to you see now i'm doing it again that i need to you know take take advice from and and actually put it to because you know what what's the point of an advice if you don't actually use it yeah well i mean the, the point is to help someone else but yeah it's, it's still you know works the same way like you you can say it, you should be able to use the same advice but for some reason humans just are better at hearing it from someone else than themselves like we're always going to be our biggest critic so yeah i think i, I was listening uh, i was uh, watching a video the other day and then someone was like you know treat yourself as if you would treat a best friend and it's so true like the oh god like sometimes you think about the way you treat yourself and you're like what the f-? like i would never treat not even like a best friend just like a stranger i would never treat them like that and mm. then i'm just like uh, kind of torturing myself and i don't know i don't know why we do that and then now i'm like beating myself up over it <laughs> yeah it, it, it's rough oh, yeah but but do you feel like you're at a place where you are incomplete acceptance of yourself um yeah and you're I able think, to kind of move past that yeah i still have things that i need to bring up with her yeah counselor. um things that like i haven't well i told her something i'd never told anyone before so that was like a good step That's it's not awesome. necessary the thing is like once i told her it wasn't something that i was like afraid to tell others nice. it was more kind of like on a need to know basis rather than like you know so like it mainly affected like family because like I always used being sick as a reasoning to not going out or not going out for like dinners and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, fair enough. I mean, it's a decent reason in, in my shoes. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're feeling like absolute crap. Yeah. <laughs> but it was more. Um, so I'll tell you the, the thing I told my counselor because I don't have an issue now, but it was more because I had been inside for so long, my home had become like a safe place like i felt like leaving it was dangerous and i still feel that way so even like having to go to see the counselor is like a lot it's very stressful because i think on the way i'm gonna die because i'm not at home so it's like a fear of the outside world i guess just like an uncertainty about what's yeah but like because i'm an overthinker it gets a bit deep in that like i think the second time i went to see a we had gone past like a petrol station and my first thought was like, what if it explodes? Maybe we'll blow up. And then I was like, nah, that won't happen. Maybe one of the cars that's there will blow up. The wheel will bounce off, hit a tree and bang into me and kill me. Like it was very like overdramatic, but like that was like my thought process. And like, it didn't matter what we were stopped at. Like stopping at a light was like, you know, anything could happen right now, you know? And sometimes it was, you know, super like stupid, like, you know, aliens could kill me right now, you know, but it was like, that was just the way I was thinking about it. And because I'm like, so used to being at home, being confined in my own area, being super isolated and like just being in front of a screen, because that was like, you know, my coping mechanism when I was young, like to get through everything was just gaming. So like when I'm not there, I don't feel like I'm safe. And yeah. So like leaving the home for like anything, is like very stressful to the point where like as soon as i get back home i sleep for like 12 12 to 16 hours yeah, yeah. it's just like the stress just eats up your energy and yeah but is it is it 
it's the process kind of like um it's the getting started which means like you know getting out of the house like actually doing the thing that's scary but then once you're there you realize that um, oh it's not that bad or is it just like a constant it's constant but like i can still do the thing like i can leave the house i can hop into the car but yeah the the constant like feeling and thoughts that come with that don't fade they're just there like i have i have somehow managed to make the counselor like building somewhat of a safe place like i feel safe like when i'm in there because like it is like a it's more of a like it's like a universal like doctor area there's like yeah. dentists there there's surgery places there so like if something was to happen i could probably be saved that's like my thought process yeah whereas like at home it's like i've always been safe at home like even though i'm sick constantly it's like that's because of something else mm-hmm. so i'm not thinking of like things on the outside because it's like you know i'm in a bubble you know, this is my bubble. Right. Nothing can get into this bubble kind of thing. Yeah, like so, you have total control over it. Yeah, mm-hmm. whereas like at the counselor area, it's it's not at that point yet because it's I don't live there. I'm not there that often. You know, I only go there for appointments. So when I'm there, I feel okay. Like when I'm in the room with her because the room is very small. It's, a, you know, for one-on-one kind of conversations. So it's kind of like as if I'm in my little gaming, like, set up you know like so i don't feel as bad but like on the way there or you know any other situation where i have to be out of the house it's just constantly in my head but once i'm home i'm like you know i'm free i can get in home i feel safe the only other downside is i get car sick so that just fucks up everything oh my god and it's really bad lately like immediately i'm just car sick like i've had to lie down just to like cope with it it's it's been bad yeah yeah some of my friends, you know, if, if we do take road trips, their only coping mechanism is to sleep. Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, their their thing is like, oh, if I sleep and OK, I hate to say this because you literally just told me you're going to overthink it. But OK, I, I hope you won't. But like the way that they cope with it is that they would sleep because if they get into a car crash and die, they won't even know. And I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I've thought of that before. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. I don't really know how long I've had, like, this issue. Because, like, I dropped out of school when I was 16. So it probably would have been, like, around 17 or 18 that it started. Yeah. Like, that's when, it, like, I fully started being at home only. Um, it's just your brain is constantly looking for that, like, 0.0001% yeah. worst case scenario possibility. Um, yeah. And the thing is, is, like... I also look at it as, you know, this is the first time leaving the house in like a month. This yeah. could be the day. So it's, right. you know, it's, it's like, I, I try and find the humor in it. Like I've always used humor as like a way to like cope as well. Cause it's like, it's a great as much as, as much as I like feel like shit and like, I may not show emotions. At least I can still enjoy like, you know, something that's funny, even yeah. if it is dark humor. Cause like, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself, then you know, what's the point? Yeah, exactly. I, I have the exact same way of coping with the bad stuff. Um, yeah, it's I'm is fear. I mean, is death like your number one fear? Uh, probably. I would I would say yeah. yeah. I like I I would rather live like forever, mm. even if I was alone. That was actually like, my next question. Yeah, I would rather live forever, even if every person that I ever knew was gone. 
at yeah. least I'm still you can alive. always meet new new people yeah yeah <laughs> if, even if there was no way of you know keeping me young and i became you know super wrinkly and everything or whatever <laughs> i'm still alive um but yeah my other like fears are pretty general i mean like i live in australia i hate spiders you know <laughs> and I, yeah. I i always think like geez if you live in the place where just freaking like the weirdest creatures live there and were birthed oh, there yeah. it's like it, it's almost as if i i think i was watching some documentary um and then i saw that this this was there was this one woman who uh had an al- allergy to water i was just like oh, damn yeah. it yeah i mean thankfully like i mean a lot of the rest of the world assumes we just have spiders everywhere it's not really yeah. like that um like I, I haven't really seen a spider for a while but <laughs> like because i guess the fear of death is my like major fear right it's not one that i, I guess i go through every day so i'm more used to i guess saying that my fear is you know fear of spiders is my main one yeah um and it's if i see one i'm like i'm out of the room my it's mom's bad. in there <laughs> i'm standing behind my mom she's the one that's dealing with it oh wow if no one else is home and i find one especially if it was like in like where i'm like gaming yeah i'm like you know you'll you'll just run to your counselors (laughs) (laughs) i mean maybe now but you know my my first thought is always like i could just burn the house down you know at least that way it's dead i don't have to worry (laughs) um but like when i was younger i used to like i'd get like the bug spray i'd get deodorant mm-hmm. so it'd like stick to the wall yeah you know? i even like considered like trying to like burn it with like a lighter or something just because like i just wanted it gone and the worst thing was in my room there's a hole in the corner and one was in there mm-hmm. and whenever i would spray it, it would run back in there oh eventually i got it and it fell to the floor but it was behind a cupboard <laughs> and i couldn't get the cupboard out out of there on my own yeah so i was like do I stay in the room? So now my computer's in the lounge room. Oh no. <laughs> um, I'm fairly certain that it didn't live. I mean, I literally was battling it for three days. Dude, like those freaking creatures will never leave until you kill them. Like they oh, yeah. they just don't die. They just like, stay there. I am I'm all for treating animals right. Yeah. Okay. But spiders make that clear. <laughs> spiders are not to be treated, you don't treat them right. Okay. Yeah. I don't care if they did nothing to me. They're freaky looking. I know and, they are. And I live in Australia. Majority of them can kill you. And Jeez. I can get super sick in general just because I don't have an immune system. So I'm not trying to get bit by a spider. So if I can do anything to make sure that's, that it doesn't happen, I'm going to do that. So and if anyone, you know, loves spiders so much, you know, don't listen to this because I'll make sure they're dead. Even if I'm the one that's standing behind my mom that's killing it, make sure they're dead. <laughs> you know, you know what's really funny. I'll tell you something. Uh, there was this one time I was taking the subway, and it was it was crowded. And then this guy, like just a hippie, he was you know dressed in a hippie outfit. Yeah. He had a spider on the left of his shoulder, and a parrot on the right. And I was like a pet spider. I was on his left and I could move, not move anywhere because it was so crowded. And holy shit, like the amount of anxiety that I felt for that one stop. Oh my God. 
I thought that, yeah, and it was just like free. And I was like, isn't this like People kind of illegal? But anyway, that yeah, that that was really bad. Um, no, never, never conquered that fear and don't intend to. <laughs> but I'm just like, holy shit, you guys are daredevils. It's kind of funny because I, I just watched Spider Man yesterday, and it was awesome. Yeah, that doesn't really, that doesn't really bother me. You know? Yeah, I, it's the you know, it's I the mean, actual life creature that bothers. Yeah, me. I mean, if if a spider could bite me and I could have superpowers like that, I wouldn't really complain. That's, that's sick, exactly. You know? <laughs> but like that ain't the case, you know. This is real life. I the know. Consequences if one bites you. Right. I I wonder, like, but this is less about the disease that you have and more about just spiders are freaky looking creatures that oh, should yeah. not I exist way before i was sick yeah yeah so i actually wanted to ask you this just now um given that you're a homebody how do you like what are you spending most of your time on these days uh, i guess apart from gaming um sleeping yeah that's fair (laughs) um Um, do you ever think like if you didn't have this you know disease um like how what is your ideal kind of life look like oh uh, i'm sure you've thought about this like all the time honestly maybe when i was younger oh really yeah i mean as i got older i was kind of like there's no real point in like thinking about what life i could have had mainly because that's fair if they were to find a way to fix what i have I probably would be like 40, 50 years old by then. So like my life not is not, not necessarily over, but yeah. I'm not necessarily, I can't really do what I would have wanted to do. So I've kind of got, gotten past that point of thinking about what I would have wanted to do or could have done and more thinking about the things I can do now, you know, because I don't necessarily want to think about what I could have been because I don't know. Like, this all started when I was 13. Like, you know, I was barely even, you know, starting, like, my teenager life. Like, I'd just begun. And then it all went downhill. So having nothing to really go off of is kind of hard. So, you know, if I could pick the best solution, it would have been probably just playing, you know, footy, AFL. Like, that's probably what I would have gone with. Yeah. But obviously that was before I even got sick. So, you know um after that i don't know i had lots of like different you know i guess career options like as i got older say you know something to do with gaming so maybe like game design but i can't draw for shit (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking maybe i could be a game tester because like i have all the time in the world so that would work well but a lot of the time they want to have someone that's like close by and then i'm like well fuck leaving the house yeah so that's out of the question there were other like bits and pieces there was like maybe i could be a twitch streamer but then i was like i am awful at talking to like one person over mic how the hell would i be able to do it to a massive audience if i was to grow we've been talking for an hour and a half how do you feel oh i feel fine so it's it's a weird thing so like if i don't click oh okay no that's fair it is incredibly awkward I'm like, how the fuck do I continue this? <laughs> you know, and if they're not backing up, 
it's like, you know, I might as well just leave and not say anything. Right. I feel like that'd be better for both of us. You know? <laughs> but like, th- but this situation is fine. Like, you know, there's been no issue. Like, you're super easy to talk to. So I didn't like, you know, question anything. Yeah. Um, it, I, it, it's so funny you said that because I did have a period in my life where I was like, damn, like being a Twitch streamer is like kind of cool because you can, you know, use the platform to build a community. Uh, get to talk to people you normally wouldn't talk to but it's like the starting of it it's like what the frick do you talk about to zero listeners so it's almost as if you have to talk to yourself yeah that's the issue it's like yeah i i I probably have a lot to talk about compared to like a normal person just because i've gone through so much shit but like at the same time it's like if i'm playing a game i'm focused on the game and I'm not going to be like being like talking to someone that I don't even know when I'm like, I'm playing the game. Like, why do I got to talk to you? But then that's, <laughs> that'd be the job. And it's like, you know, I have to yeah. say though, there is something very entertaining about watching someone rage just online. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I find enjoyment in it, but like, I'm not like that level of rage. Yeah. Like it's, it's I know that some people that like are entertaining rage. Yeah. I've got some people that I've played games with that are, and it's even it's even better when you play like a horror game because some of them like <laughs> they scream so loud um right but like my uncle he also plays games he's the one who like introduced me to gaming oh and cool he's a rager like he would get pissed but the smallest thing like, i remember him like smashing up a keyboard throwing a mouse across the room when i was younger oh my it, was, God. it was the funniest shit because i was like i was like don't do that because like we didn't have two computers at that time that was that's my stuff too don't break my stuff <laughs> I can't play then. Right. I I don't know if it's because like I come from an Asian household, but like it's so uncommon to see your uh, family rage, especially like the adults, you know, like the older people Mm. that I'm just like, wow, I really wish that they just lost their shit one time. You know, I've never, ever seen any of my uncles, aunties, like mom or dad ever lose their crap. I was like, how the hell are you guys so like together? <laughs> but there is something a little bit unhealthy about that. You know, when you, when you just like bottle, bottle everything up oh, inside. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like yeah. that's like kind of, it's kind of like based on generations. Yeah. I feel like a lot of my family, especially when like we were younger, were very like bottled up. And I think like, because obviously like, you know, I'm like way younger than like, you know, my grandma is. So, right. you know, my thought process, even though while growing up, people around me were more open about things and it wasn't necessarily like mental health. It was like everything, like, you know, people were more open about sex, you know, about drug usage. It was, it was something that was more known about within like, I guess the community of your generation. Whereas like for their generation, everything was kind of more, in line strict and kind of you know they didn't really have freedom like we have yeah. so i feel like their way of acting is more based around that regardless of you know where someone came from you know if they were white or asian i think everyone that falls in that generation is very similar just yeah. because their freedom wasn't there like you know the fact that i could literally talk to a friend in a general sense about anything like even like a male friend about something that was sex related is awesome because it's like I can have that person or people that I can 
trust and also know that they're going to listen and understand and maybe offer advice? I most definitely would prefer oversharing because at least you can kind of, uh, it's, it's easier to cut it back if you realize that you're oversharing rather than being afraid to share. And yeah. then, you know, having that uh, courage to, to, to be more open with your feelings and stuff. Yeah. It, it's a lot harder. Look, if people are going to judge you, they're going to judge you whether or not you overshare. So it's just like, might as well just get it out of the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't really like, I don't really have a care. Like if someone doesn't want to talk to I me or, <laughs> or like. <laughs> I love like, that attitude though. I just feel like if I'm getting on with someone and I say one thing that changes their mind because, you know, that's something they don't enjoy, they can literally be like, you know, oh, I don't really want to talk about that or, you know, can you not bring that up? I'll be like, cool, won't bring it up again. But yeah. if you're just going to instantly judge and then just not talk to me again, when it's like you could have just communicated, like it's a whole point where communicating to get to know each other. Like your your job in this is to tell me things that you don't like being said or things that you know you want to be brought up or you know you could literally say anything you know and I could say the same thing like I'm not going to like push someone away because they said something that I didn't necessarily want to know about or talk about like that, that doesn't make sense to me okay if you don't mind me asking because I can't imagine this what things do you say that would offend someone because <laughs> I just feel I like you're I so really nice I don't really think it's offending I think it's more like like uncomfortable like, like I don't know maybe like I don't mean it like I, I know what it would be, but I'm not like, I, I don't know. It's hard to say like in the sense that, for example, I write, but the thing I write about is erotica, but I don't share it in the sense that like, you know, Oh, look, here, this is, here's this, read it. You know, I'm just saying like, you know, that's something that's a hobby. That's something that I do, you know, it's that's not, so cool. I'm not like, I'm not saying it to you in the sense that like, you know, you should read it, you know, or right. tell me what you think. I'm just telling you a hobby. <laughs> And all of a sudden, they're like, why'd you bring this up? And it's like, you asked what my hobbies were. Like, what am I meant to say? Like, do I not just share that? Like, you're asking It's like, oh, something. do you want me to be a different person so yeah. that I and can fit into your box? And if they're not going to accept that I do yeah. something like that, it's like, cool, whatever. Like, I don't want you in my life anyway. Yeah. You know? How, do you put your work out? Uh, yeah, but it's on another Reddit. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's like I have a sec- in, in second a account because if Makes I was sense. to post it on the same account, I wouldn't get any replies. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. Or something, and I do post it. I'll just post it. I'll post it on like you know a few like pages that you know all fall under like erotica or writing or whatever where it's allowed. Um, but as for my profile, like I basically have like a brief description. I say like. You know, I'm a such and such year old person from Australia. I like writing erotica. My picture is like, I don't know, it's like a skull. I don't know. I just picked a random picture because I couldn't think of anything. I'm not necessarily like looking for anything. It doesn't have a meaning to it. Yeah. No. You know, and like my whole like point in posting it is like, you know, maybe this will bring someone some kind of enjoyment. You know, I'm just writing it because it's something I thought of, you know, or maybe it was a dream or something. I don't know. I just write it down into words and go with it. I, I really like that you're in it for the process. Um, oh, I mean, yeah. Holy shit. Like the fact that you can just delete a 2000 
word post. Yeah, if if I don't yeah. like what I'm writing, yeah. even if I liked it the day before and then I reread it, I'm like, no, nah, I don't like any of that. I'll just get rid of it and restart, or right. I'll just come up with a whole new like you know, I guess scene or story or whatever I'm writing. Right. And then yeah, I just post it if I'm happy with it. I get. I don't know. I hate that they kind of got rid of the views, like because you used to be able to see views of what, like, how many people were viewing it. Yeah. But now you just go by like upvotes, so like it's not mm. necessarily bad. But I can't tell how many people actually clicked it. The worst part is coming up with the title because if you don't make the title interesting, it doesn't. Mean yeah, anything, like you know? a thumbnail almost for like YouTube. Basically, videos. yeah. Um, but yeah, like sometimes they get like people will like say that they really liked it. Other people will like give like some you know. Uh, criticism on it which i'm happy to take because like yeah i dropped out of school at 16 i barely did any english at school you know like my english is not necessarily the best when it comes to like typing but i'm i'm fine with like mistakes being in there because i'm not writing it for like you know like money or like you know you're yeah. not prof- i mean if someone wants to like request it sure you know i'll take yeah. the money i'm not gonna say no to that but um <laughs> As for like, yeah, I just post it and you know, I'll take any kind of criticism, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm just sharing it for the sake of sharing it. So I do get some weird messages sometimes. Like I get a lot of like I can imagine. It's a lot of men assuming I'm female. So <laughs> that's weird. Like when I'm like, I'm like, hey dude, I'm a dude too, you know. This I ain't what you're looking for. They don't reply back. Um but yeah, most of the time it's just, you know, people are like chill like so interesting but but if i bring that up on like the the account i messaged you on completely different like people will jump to conclusion they assume the worst but i think you're a pervert like yeah and like i get it like i have nothing against people thinking like that Mm -hmm. but it's like assumptions aren't going to get you anywhere at the same time yeah you know like I, you can, I just you can admire make... that you're not offended by that because oh, you no. understand. Yeah, like no. totally. Like many crazies. Like <laughs> this, is, this is a fact. Yeah. This is how it is, especially on Reddit. Like Reddit's like the worst place to like find like a genuine conversation. Jesus. Like that's why I reached out on this because I was like, it's probably going to go well in the sense that you you know it's going to be a conversation. Yeah. Didn't matter to me if it was a short one or a long one, but it was something that was better than you know texting 12 people and getting no reply oh my god this is why so the the one thing i i really enjoy about doing these conversations is that you kind of smoke out the people who are just not into it um because i feel like when you message people are kind of half-assing things and you know they're in it for like 12 messages and then they just ghost you whereas it's like hey we're gonna meet on zoom and i'm gonna see your face and hear your voice so you know um yeah yeah i i did have some people being like this is a little bit dodgy and so it's like good for you but i'm not gonna want to do it which i i totally understand like come on a a stranger asking you to meet on (laughs) yeah meet on zoom (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, like, I've never used Zoom before, and like the link you share, and I was like, I have to it, download it something. Bit, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> like, I thought it was just on a website. I didn't know you had to download it. But I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll give it a shot. See what happens. You know, what's the That's worst so that could happen? And I, 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 like, I looked through your page as well, and I could see that like you seemed like a genuine person. You didn't come off as a bot. So I was like, it can't be anything that's like bad. And then I gave you know a little skim through like some of the previous like. um you know, like episodes, episodes. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, okay, it seems like legit. Like I don't have an issue with this. So yeah, I went with it. Yeah. Even though I was like, not sure if it would even like play out right. But like you said, you know, if I didn't feel comfortable, it didn't have to be posted. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, do you feel comfortable? Oh yeah. Like, okay. Feel free. Go for it. Cool. Um, sorry, going back to your hobby, if I would love to read something that you are really proud of putting out. Um, yeah, I, I can chuck you the, the link. First erotica i don't know is it fiction non-fiction whatever like writer that i've met and i i think that's just so cool especially like um you know like during those 50 shades days yeah where people were reading um what's that website that like writers would just post and um yeah and uh, like fan fiction those, uh, those kind of Wattpad? websites yeah wattpad i was so into that it was crazy no, I never, I, I've tried posting on there, but they wouldn't let me because my style's like I write from the male perspective, which is not necessarily always a common thing. Right. But I guess like when I'm writing it, I'm always saying like I and you. So when you're reading it, it's like obviously it's targeted for female audiences. I so see. like when they're reading it, they're reading it as if the man is doing something. Yeah. Like I've never, because like, I didn't like, you know, I dropped out of school. So I never really learned how to write like as the narrator and using like names i was like how the fuck do i do this i was like fuck this i'm just <laughs> gonna use i and you much easier yeah I, yeah i feel like there there's sort of a cognitive overload to have to remember the characters in the story and yeah sometimes if you don't align people people will call you out for it and it's just like dude oh yeah for sure just i and, and you <laughs> the other easy thing is that with erotic you can kind of just jump into it you don't have to give too much detail but you can give enough to the point where someone's like i guess you know it's erotica so they're probably trying to picture it so if you give yeah. just a little bit it's enough for them to you, you know, have to like tease them do. a little bit like there's yeah. an art to it <laughs> but yeah i'm i don't know i haven't i haven't actually done any writing in a, in a while because it's hard to like get in the right mindset but also have like enough of what i want to write so you mean enough I get, juice I, I guess you could call it that yeah but it, it's it's, For it's lack like a better term yeah it's yeah it's more like because everything like i'm a very vi vivid like imagine i have a very vivid imagination so when i'm writing well i'm typing it i close my eyes because i can type with my eyes closed so i'm typing it while imagining it so that's how i write and if i if I'm not enjoying where it's going or I feel like I've done that before and didn't enjoy it, I'll just scrap it and then restart. But the problem with that is like, if I was into it in that like split moment and then lost it, trying to find something else to go off of is hard oh, because it's not no. the same situation. Yeah. So if I don't find that or don't have like an inspiration from something, um, I tend to jot down ideas and then maybe I'll like read them again and then maybe I'll get something or like sometimes I'll just see something like, could be you know i was watching a movie or something and i just noticed something and i'm like i could use that and like i could base it like i think when i when i was just beginning i like was watching a movie and the girl was like i think she was she was getting dressed in the movie and she was putting on a, it was putting on a dress and she was putting on a heel and i was like okay i could picture that as like they've either just come back from a dinner or they're going out to a dinner and then I can play ah. off that. And it's not necessarily something that's sexual, but I can build around that because adding something sexual into like a small part of a story is easier 
than building a whole story and then adding something sexual after. So I could take that little bit and turn it into something bigger. But That's it doesn't, so doesn't always interesting. happen. You have a very intuitive sense of like, like you said just now, like observation and being able to find, I don't know if nuance is, is the right word, but like you're able to take little moments and kind of create a story out of it. And that is so difficult to do. It is. Is I mean, that accurate? It's very, I mean, yeah, I, okay. I guess it's, yeah. I mean, like I, I, I tend to like focus like a story around something specific. Right. Like, it really depends on the story. Like I had one which was focused around like a couple and that was more, you know, on the day that I wrote it, I was, you know, very like heavy into like romance, but like, I didn't have anything to base it off. Like I'm single. So I was like, what do I really base this off? So like, I even started like Googling ideas of like proper romance that would be but not, not necessarily like, you know, what is romance, but more looking for other people's experiences. So I could take what they had that they found that was special to them because everyone's for like, not form, but like idea of romance would be different. You know, yeah. someone could be like flowers, you know, from, you know, their husband, or it could be, you know, him doing, you know, the dishes or cooking or, you know, or she did this for him. And it's like, that's different for other people, but it could also be something as small as, you know, just going for a walk you know, people find romance in different ways. So being able to take things from everyone else and then take the things that I was like, oh, maybe I could enjoy that. Or I would enjoy that. And putting that into something that would be for me and what I would do. And then adding in the sexual, you know, content at the end or throughout yeah. is a lot easier. Whereas like um, before I started like thinking in that way, because I used to just kind of just write it. I was like, this is shit. Like, what am I doing? There's no, like, there's no content to this. Like, right. the story, there's no story. It's it's more just words. There was no, like, when you're reading it, I want, like, I want the person that reads it to read it and be able to picture each thing that's being said so that no matter what their goal with what they're reading is, they still see a story. And they could be able to, you know, picture it in their eyes, how they would want it, and they could change the details so it matches better to them. So I don't always put details in. Like if I'm describing someone, I'll describe more, I guess, personal parts. So like if I'm talking like sexual content, it's more about the body. Mm. Whereas I won't describe hair. I won't describe eyes. Because if I do that, I feel like it's set to something. Whereas if I, you know, don't do it, someone can be like, oh, I have blue eyes. So I can picture it as blue eyes. You oh, know, So wow. I could say pretty eyes. And then they, they could be like, you know, oh, blue eyes or brown eyes. That way the person reading it can have more of a personal attachment, even though it's not about them. This is such a weird thing to say, but even in your writing, I feel like you're so giving. <laughs> like, I love how you have the reader as your end goal and kind of, you know, the, the emotions that you want to uh, stir up in the reader. And you want to leave as much imagination up to them uh, and, and be able to have them, like, see themselves in the story. I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think when I first started writing, it was more just, 
you know, I was like super young. I was like, okay, I'm way too horny for my own good. I'm going to put what I can into words to get make this it productive. Yeah. And I'm like, it's almost like your diary, like a journal. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, I was like, this is too much. So I just started jotting down ideas. And then I was like, maybe I could write this for other people, but not for someone rather than just like for myself. Cause like all that I write is like stuff that I would enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also write it in the sense that there's going to be people that also enjoy it but the details that are in it aren't going to be like specific to anyone. Yeah. It's all random. It's all like you can make your own mind up. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like those goosebump books where you get to pick, do you know what they are? Um, it's like, wait, it, I don't think I to, do. So like you would get to like a certain page and it would be like, turn to page 74 for this like next section or turn to page, you know, 60. And each one would take you down a different pathway to the end goal. So Ooh, it's kind of it's like, like a choose your own adventure kind of thing. Kind of, but like you get to choose how the character looks, how the character feels. You know, obviously there's going to be like certain details around, like you know, you know she yeah. moaned or whatever, because you know it's erotica. You kind of have to throw that in there. Right. But like you can, you know, if I was to say like you know, and she moaned, for example, right? You know, you as the reader can know what you sound like, so you can picture that, feel that emotion. That way, it's not like a specific way. Because like if, if the person reading it isn't reading it for like any other reason but to like get off, it's like, okay, you know, you can picture it how you want to picture it and your end goal is whatever you want to make it. I didn't choose it, you did. Whereas like I wrote it for myself, but the reader gets to choose how they want it to end and mm-hmm. how, how it plays out, which I think is better because like it's more personal for you, but I, I don't know anything about it because it's, you're reading it, but I wrote it for me. I love how we're like going deep into like there's a whole it's like a whole art form, you know, um, which I ne- I've never thought about it until I I got the chance to talk to you about it. Was, is there anything that yeah, you, you want to leave the three listeners with? Is there anything um, else that you didn't get to uh, didn't get to say? Not really, no. Like I'm, like I said, I, when I messaged you, I said I'm not that good at starting conversations. So if, I like, thought you even, were fantastic. Even like being asked, like if there's anything else I want to say, I don't <laughs> know. But like if you would ask me something, I could probably just go with that, like yeah, you know, like a proper topic. But yeah, I got nothing else to really say that I can think of right now. I think you're. I, I think you did a really, really good job. Thank you so much for like being so honest about. I feel like those are some really hard hitting topics that uh you brought up and that's no, fine like, i i got no issues talking about and i enjoyed you know talking to you for like two hours so yeah i i hope that we'll do this again i mean you know it doesn't have to be for an episode but like i hope that we'll keep talking yeah i'm yeah. basically always on reddit trying to find new people to talk to so yeah, yeah. whenever Sweet. you okay. want to send me up. a message go for it thank you so much ryan this was great All right. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Bye. Before you go, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please take 15, 20 seconds to leave a nice rating and review. It'll really, really help the show. Also, come say hi and let me know what you thought about it on Knuckleball Podcast on Instagram. I really love to get to know you as well. And maybe, maybe... We can be friends. Who knows? (laughs) All right. Have a good day. Bye-bye.